Hello, hello, good morning to you. Let's get straight into this voice note and it's about overindulging. So research-backed ways to stop overindulging. So had a look at the studies, compiled some studies for you guys to see if it's anything that can help us overindulging. Because really, that is that is the main problem. Like I spoke about yesterday, if we can get that under control, aren't we in happy days, happy days, happy days. So the first thing is to... Uh, a 2013 study review of 24 studies found that being distracted during a meal led people to consume more calories at that meal. It also caused them to eat more food later in the day than people who paid attention to their food whilst they're eating. Again, I spoke about yesterday, didn't I, about where is your mind? Is your mind in the past? Is it in the future? Because if it's not, if it's in either of those, the current present moment is just kind of, you forget about what's going on. So if we're eating and when we're thinking in the past or in the future, we're not really giving ourselves that time to actually, you know, the brain doesn't really go, okay, I'm eating, okay. And like, if we're really attentive with that, we can make sure that the brain knows that we're eating and it can release those satiety signals for the body go, yeah, that's cool, that's enough. And we're more in tune with our body and we're eating. So evidence indicates that attentive eating is likely to influence food intake and incorporation of attentive eating principles into interventions may aid weight loss and maintenance so basically when you're eating don't eat watching the tv you know stuff don't eat going on tiktok don't eat talking all the time like actually eat and this is something that i need to work on eat small chew a lot be attentive to each chew taste the food and take your time with it slow down drink water all this stuff and see if that works because if that is if it's as simple as a slowing down our eating and being attentive to hitting our goals then that's such an easy thing for us to do but we're always busy 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 yeah, yeah, that, that, that. chill out when you're eating and if you're eating meals it's even easier because you can sit down a nice meal but we're also snacking walking we don't even know i'm bad for it like i can consume something in, in seconds i don't even remember what it tastes like honestly i remember having like a dessert restaurant i like ate it so fast and i went i did i don't even know what that tasted like what was the point of me eating that like i literally just went blah, 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 gone and i was like cool still hungry but i imagine if i just went slow tasted it ah, i gotta work on it guys i'm gonna let you know how it goes okay the next thing is to stabilize your blood sugar levels this can work as well so like eating cookies and sweets and you know carbs sugary carbs basically um high glycemic indexes of carbs can cause blood sugar levels to spike and then fall quickly, right? We know this. I'm saying this is bad, bad, but this is what happens. And this rapid fluctuation has been shown to promote hunger and can lead can lead to overeating. So there was a 2000 uh, study in 2000 in obese uh, in obese people randomized to ad libitum, eat wherever they want. So they had reduced fat, complex carb diet. So complex carb is like oats, whole grains, veggies. Um, reduced fat they lost 1.8 kgs and then the other ones eat whatever they want um we're on a reduced fat diet but high simple carbs so this think of stuff like frosties and cookies and crisps and stuff like that and like coca-cola um and they were on a diet they lost 0.9 kgs for the six months so they lost half the kg they lost half yeah so they lost 50 percent less than the group on the complex carbs it's just about you know, both lost, but let's. Try, we want to try and make our lives easier, guys. If we can do simple switches, you know, having oats and stuff in and all this stuff, uh, as opposed to your Coca Pops, um, just little switches like that will help you. And we need to put as many of the easy wins on our side as possible. Um, eat slowly is another one. 
So eating too quickly may cause overeating and lead to weight gain over time. Slower paced eating is associated with increased fullness and decreased hunger and can serve as a useful tool for controlling overeating. So taking the time to thoroughly chew food has also been shown to reduce overall food intake and increase feelings of fullness. And this was shown in a 2011 in 2011 study um, that subjects ingested 11.9% uh, less after 40 chews than after 15 chews. 40 chews, oh, oh mate, you, you're really testing me. You give me a cookie, 40 chews, you give me two chews. But that's the thing, if we can chew it more, 10% less. You know, if you have 2,000 calories, 200, 200 calories a day, if you're using 2,000 calories a day, that's 200 calories less just by chewing slower. Again, is that something you can do? That's up to you to decide. Another one is to monitor your alcohol intake. So drinking alcohol may cause overeating by lowering your inhibitions and stimulating your appetite. And this is shown in studies. And a 2008 study found that 282 college students who drank four to five liters at a time, more than once per week, were more likely to overeat after drinking compared to students who drank one to two liters at a time per week, okay? Not shocked. So 32.5% of students reported past 30-day drinking indicated that alcohol increased their appetite. Similarly, 36.1% of students described eating large amounts following alcohol consumption. That's no shock to us, guys. Studies are just showing it. Um, you, the more you drink, the more you can eat. If we can really simplify to that, and that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, replace sugary beverages with water. So if you're drinking Coca-Cola and all this stuff, the full, the full versions, like, get rid of them. There's no need for them anymore in this world. Okay, sweeteners, the sweeteners they're using, the amount of sweetening is not going to cause any issues at all. The studies done on summer sweeteners in the, the 80s said it would cause cancer, but it was equivalent to throwing you into a swimming pool of a spartan. You know, if I threw you into a swimming pool, an Olympic-sized swimming pool, and I told you to swim around there for ages in this, you know, you know, this chemical, of course it's a chemical, then of course it's not going to be good for you, is it? You know, the rats came out of that study with, like, you know, like lumps and all that stuff like that. But it's not been shown in humans in the amounts we consume to be problematic at all. All the sweeteners do is, like, there's an enzyme in the back of your throat or tongue or whatever. And it just reacts, isn't it? You know, there's, like, an enzyme. It kind of fits into it like it would, like, sugar fit in. But it fits in, like, sweetener. It goes, ooh, okay, that's sweet. And then it gives you a sweet sensation. There's nothing more complex to it. Some people are like, oh, but how can it be so sweet? How is fruit so sweet? Like, fruit is so sweet. Like, the calories you get is minimal compared to a chocolate bar. How is fruit for, like, one-third or one-fourth of calories? Chocolate bar is so much sweeter. And the way, let's get, you know, it's just how it is. Like, these things, these are just the reactions. I don't think we should be, like, mind-blown that there's, there's, there's a possibility we can make something sweet with our calories. Because sweetness and calories isn't, like, directly linked, is it? Just because something's sweet doesn't mean it's more calories. Unless you're talking about processed foods or ultra-processed foods, then maybe there is a link. But in general, not so much. Um, so do throw them out. I remember someone before on the... I can't remember which challenge it was. Maybe a few years ago. was like, yeah, I just stopped drinking my Coca-Cola every day. I didn't realise I was drinking 900 calories from Coca-Cola a day. I was like... How do you not realise you're drinking 900 calories go a day? It's because we think it's just a drink and it's not it's not going to be that calorific. But God, they are. So go for the zero calorie versions, right? Or just go for water, clear away, whatever. There's no. I just just this is pointless drinking full sugar drinks these days. There's just no point. Um, a 2011 study found that the total energy intakes were increased 7.8% when sugar, sweetened beverage were consumed and 14.9% when milk and juice were consumed. 
Yeah, so if you had sugar sweetened beverages, you were consuming more, 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 more. Okay, so the next one's eat fiber rich foods. We spoke about this on the nutrition thing. A 2015 study found that people who ate fiber rich oatmeal, so just oats, for breakfast felt fuller and ate less at lunch than those who consumed cornflakes for breakfast. So choosing fiber rich foods, beans, veggies, oats, fruit, um, can help you feel satisfied for longer. And it reduces your urge to overeat. Simple as we know this, so. That isn't beans, veggies, every meal can help. And if we look into the graphs here, so the hunger ratings were even at the zero time intervals. So like think of right now, all the people just in the same level of hunger. And then the group that ate, that just had water, their hunger went down a bit. So that shows the water does reduce the hunger rate. And it went from 55 to about 40 on a scale of zero to 100. So I think that's quite interesting. The water does do that slightly. Um, cornflakes dropped it down and then from like 55 to 20 and then the oatmeal or the oats dropped it from you know the 55 down to about the 5 or 10 mark of hunger um, and then you can clearly see with the oats that the hunger is gradually increasing over time so from 15 minutes so you've eaten it so this is 15 minutes since you're feeling your hunger you've e- eaten the oats and then after 15 minutes, your hunger shoots down. And then it, it for it to go back to where it was, which is your morning hunger, whatever it was, it doesn't even go back to baseline until about three or four hours later. So, well, at least three hours. So it slowly climbs back up. Um, so it goes from hunger rating of 20 to hunger rating of 40 from, well... Yeah, on, on, on the three-hour mark, it goes up to about the hunger rating of 40, but it's at a, hun- a hunger rating of 20 at about 90 minutes in. So it goes from 5.10 to 15 after 90 minutes, and then up to nearly 40 after 180 minutes, so three hours. So that just goes to show, you know, when we do eat these fiber-rich foods, they do actually impact. And the same with water as well. You think, water, how is water meant to fill me out? Well, this is this research clear. If I look at the fullness ratings, the other side, so you've got your hunger rating... And then the full the fullness rating, once someone has a sip of water or whatever more water you're having, it goes from 20 to about 30 in terms of fullness rating. And that's why, you know, water's a quick win, guys. Like, you feel a bit hungry, have a bit of water. I'm not sure there's a myth about, you know, if you're, hung, if you're hungry, solid water, but whatever goes around. But just have water, drink water. It's going to help you feel fuller. It's going to help you on your journey. It's a lot of benefits to water as well. You're 60% water, so it's involved in like literally every chemical reaction in your body. Uh, cornflakes and oats you know cornflakes is like kind of like 10% behind oats in terms of fullness and hunger ratings but with what we do with oats guys and this is the important part is like we know the protein helps with fullness as well so if you imagine having a bowl of oats mixed with a scoop of whey protein and milk right and you mix that and a bit of fruit maybe and you eat that slowly that's gonna have a big impact on your fullness you're gonna go from like fullness of like 15 up to about 80 probably if this study was to be repeated with that, and that's a huge jump, and it'll slowly, your fullness will slowly go down over the days, over three to four hours. So hopefully, some of you need to start experimenting, because if you don't eat breakfast, because it's too quick out the door, I get it, and I don't typically eat breakfast, right, but I'm going to start experimenting with a big bowl of oats in the morning to see how it impacts me for the day, because usually I eat then 
first time I eat is usually like 11 or 12, just naturally because I have coffee, I get to work and all that stuff. But I'm going to experiment. So guys, you know, be your own scientist. Have a, have a look. Do overnight oats. Do it tonight. Make some oats. Mix it with whey protein. Put it in the fridge overnight. Have it tomorrow morning. Glass of water. And then, you know, just document how it fully keeps you full. And maybe it reduces your overall calorie intake over the day because you don't feel as full later on. It's up to you to find that out. You know, these studies are there to show us that what's, you know, what's possible basically. But... It's not as if all of us are going to fall in line with everything the studies say. Some of you might not have anything from it, but give it a go. Uh, another way that shows the stops you overeating is to eat with like-minded friends. So this is important. Numerous studies have found that people's food choices are heavily influenced by the people they eat with. No shock there, mate. People may tend to eat portions similar to those of their dining companions. So dining out with friends who overeat may cause them to overeat as well. But if we go back to the stoicism, you know, it's under our control. Our actions are in our control. So while someone else overeating may influence us, does it have to influence us to a decision to eat what they're eating? No, it doesn't. But it's called mimetic desire. We do fall into this trap of just eating and drinking what our friends do because we don't really we're not really thinking presently we we are letting our thoughts run away and we we act impulsively and when we act impulsively we just do what other people are doing this has been documented in so many studies like people just do what other people are doing just when they're just and it's this easy option but for someone to sit there and go you know what guys it looks amazing it looks good never think don't want to, don't want to eat that, don't eat that, I'll eat what I want. And doing that, that guys, that's, that's someone people respect. That's someone I respect all the time. It's, it's the people we want to be. We want to stand up and show that we're not going to fall into the social pressures all the time. We're not going to win that battle all the time, though. You know, I'm not saying, like, this study here, you know, eat with people like-minded. Well, sometimes our friends that we really like, and we're not going to base our friends on just because what they eat. You know, we're way more than that. We're not going to say, well, get rid of all your friends just because they eat too much. Maybe we can help them be aware of their behaviours by us opting for better options. And, you know, if they push back on us, you give them bad to back. Look, man, I'm not your team, right? You know, I'm not doing it. I'm doing this. You know, you eat what you eat. I eat what I eat. Happy days. That's what I always say that. You eat what I eat. Look, listen, you, be, look, you enjoy what you're eating and I'll enjoy what I'm eating. That's it. Shut up. So... Have 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 a think about that, and have a think about again. Run it as an experiment. Can you be that person this week or this weekend that you can actually not bend to social pressure um, and actually you know be the standard person? Um, and then another study showed that that a person is more inclined to order unhealthy options if their dining partner does as well. Again, it takes two to tango. Maybe sometimes you both want to eat healthy, then one goes for the option, and the other one jumps in. Hey takes two to tango sometimes so be aware of that reduce stress this helps with overeating or overindulgence so the american psychological association the apa found in a survey that almost 40 percent of adults reported overeating or consuming junk food in response to stress chronic stress drives up levels of cortisol a hormone that increases appetite studies have shown that being stressed can lead to overeating increased hunger binge eating and weight gain and simple ways to reduce your everyday stress levels are listening to music, gardening, exercising, practicing yoga, meditation, and breathing techniques. And, you know, you might be like, oh, blah, 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 I'll shut up about those things. You hear them all the time. It's just true. It's not to say about it. It's just true. Obviously, some, some music might make you more stressed, but 
music, you know, gardening. I'm not, I haven't got gardens, so, but I'd imagine gardening's unbelievable for it. I'd love to garden, have some flowers, and say hello, boy, how you doing? Feeding you today? How was it going, boys? How was your water yesterday? How was the sun? You need some more? You know, get out of your head a bit. Exercising, 100%, we know that. Practicing yoga, we know countless studies on yoga. Meditation, we know. Breathing techniques, again, this is important. We've got breathing techniques in the Turtle membership. Guys, please do them. I tried it the other week when I felt like a lot of anxiety from, from out of nowhere, but I feel it was a, also associated with me doing chest and my muscles in my chest were tight. But anyway, it just helped. So these these work. Don't overlook them. Simple as. Um, and then the, the final thing to, to stop overindulging is to check in with yourself. Like overeating in the, in the absence of hunger could be a sign that something deeper is going on. So if you're, all, if you're, if you're not even hungry but you're overeating, your escapism... Depression and boredom are also two common issues that have been linked to the urge to overeat. You know, you want to get out of the self and you feel good and it's a bit of euphoria when you eat. You know, eating and watching your favourite film, it feels amazing in your mind. Oh, I want to get out of here, go watch Harry Potter, overeat. Oh, yes. You know, in my head right now, that sounds amazing. I could, I would love to do it. But I think, you know, is that really going to make It might maybe feel better for the 90 minutes or even for the half an hour the food lasts or the 10 minutes the food lasts. But after that, is it really going to be beneficial to me? You know, try taking a new activity is enjoyable and not related to food. You know, the boredom can distract from overindulging. You need to think about what triggers overeating. That can help. And if depression and anxiety are contributors, getting proper treatment for mental health professional, you know, can also help. So just to put that out there. Um, triggers to overeating, boredom, you know... In the book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie, one of the things he realised when the World War II, the mother, the, the wives of people from World War II, so their partners and their sons went off to war, constantly worrying. So they were helping on, they were just constantly worrying, doing nothing. They had nothing, they were bored. They were just constantly worrying, getting ill, right? Then he said they opened up this call centre for people who... Uh, I think I think one person. The story is one person got got told that her husband had passed away, you know, in war, and then they, there was this call center open, and she was able to uh, take calls and help families link back up and stuff like this, and she was able to put herself into this thing bigger than herself, and her worries went away, the boredom gone. So she distra- not even distracted. She was working on a cause that was so important and she was helping so many families link up making sure they knew they were alive and all this stuff and she said and Dale Carnegie this guy was interviewing these people and say that saved her life that the, she didn't sit around and do nothing if you sit around and do nothing about about the, what you're feeling you just sit inside all the time that's not going to help and again to caveat this point deep depression it needs needs clinical help Okay, so let me put that to the side. Danny's help. Can't just say go out and do stuff. For most of us to feel these boredom moments and, you know, we're, we're in the middle ground, say. We have the moderate anxieties and some depression, situational depression and all this stuff. You know, you can't expect just sitting around do much. Movement is a cure, in a sense. Moving the mind, moving the body, putting yourself into projects, putting yourself into things that are bigger than yourself can massively help. And as online communities come in, we live in the internet age. You can go online and join communities and start working on something tomorrow, now. Back in the day, you were stuck in your little town. But even further back, back in the day, stuck in your town without a car. You were literally stuck in one place and you had to walk for ages to get out of that place. 
just trapped. No communication with anyone apart from, you know, Betty down the road. And even she hates you. She's like, oh, go away, I don't like you. Can't even go to a shop and buy anything. You're literally on your own. Today, we've got so many avenues of communication. It's overwhelming in a sense, but it's a good thing because if we can, if we want to get rid of boredom, we need to understand social media is going to make us bored because it's going to suck us in, but we can be involved in stuff online. Turtle community, the WhatsApp groups, the Zooms we're doing nearly daily, right? That's something you can get into and then, you know, write notes and, you know, go on other other communities online and all this stuff and get involved. And I think there's there's many options for us. And in a sense, sometimes that option is the choice, the paradox of choice. But we can do something about it. But that's it for today. Big voice note today on overindulgence. It's an important topic. Maybe you have to re-listen to it. Um, but anything that does resonate with you, you know, write it down. Try things out. Eat slower. All the stuff I've gone through. Please try it. Use it as an experiment. Does it work in you? Does it not? Give it time. And, you know, have a bit of joy. Have a smile on your face that you're going to find this stuff out. Because most people haven't got a clue. And that's where the beauty is, the, the curiosity. So enjoy your day. What is your one big thing? Get that done. Get that done. Whatever it is, health, fitness, work, get that one big thing done. Start the momentum train. Happy days. And I'll be seeing some of you in book club later. And if not, please read the book. And if not for now, I will see you in the Turtle Radio.